BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Blogging Theology. Why are so many British people converting to Islam, especially recently? Well, today I'm delighted to be joined by Imam Ashraf Dabous. You're most welcome, sir. Salam alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. Jazakallah khair for having me. It's a pleasure to have you on, sir. Um, imam Ashraf is uh, an imam at Lewisham Mosque uh, here in London. And he studied at the Islamic University of Medina. And he studied also privately under various uh, scholars studying Hanbali and Hanafi fiqh uh, and other sciences. And he recently graduated from Goldsmith University with an MSc in CBT therapy and is a qualified counsellor. And he's kindly agreed to discuss why apparently so many British people, especially youngsters, as I say, are turning to Islam. And I, I noticed this myself during Ramadan when I remember seeing social media reports almost every day of people becoming Muslim, um, huge numbers. And so can you tell us a bit about this extraordinary spike in conversions? Um, yeah, bismillah wa salatu salam ala rasulillah. So um, I, can, I can give you my personal experience from, from um, Lewisham and from, from parts of East London as well, because um, I frequent um, some of the masajid in uh, East London and, um, and through connections to other imams um, also um, hearing about the new Muslims and uptake in Islam. And so I would, I would say that it actually started prior to Ramadan. Right. So we've been, seeing, we've been seeing an uptake in, in the amount of new Muslims for the last maybe year um, or so, and, and gradually increasing. And just before Ramadan, there was like a, a big kind of you know, boom and, and, and the numbers dramatically um, went up. So we had uh, roughly a week or two before Ramadan, we had 11 new Muslims in one day. In Lewisham, uh, during Ramadan, seven. Um, sometimes, you know, you would be in the masjid and someone would come after Asr and say, I would like to take Shahada. Sometimes two people at the same time. Then after Maghrib, then after Isha. Um, so after every prayer, sometimes after Dhuhr, um, after Jum'ah, uh, we had quite frequently after Jum'ah, we had uh, young uh, and, and, you know, um, old, the, the, mostly young, but, but, but even those who were to be considered old, um, likewise entering into Islam, sometimes mm. attending lessons. So in a, a masjid that uh, I, uh, I give a lesson in in East London, there was a young man who was, who was uh, attending the lessons weekly. And I had assumed that this young man is Muslim. And um, so I was speaking that evening about calling other people to Islam. And, 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 and I, I remember, you know, being quite 
um, you know, blunt and saying, if you if you love someone and you care for someone, then you should call them to that, which is good for the, for, for yeah. them. If you saw your friend running towards, you know, um, something harmful, you would you would stop them and and, and oh. shout out. And um, quite, you know, I said like, you know, put it on your friends and and ask them, why don't you become a Muslim? You know, what yeah. what's stopping you, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And so this young man came after the lesson and said, I want to become a Muslim today. Yeah. And so I was taken back. I said, you've been attending for the last few weeks. I assumed you're a Muslim. Yeah. And he said, no, I've been interested, and so I've been coming. Uh, likewise, at that same mosque in East London, a young man came all the way from uh, Wembley um, mm. to take his his uh, shahada to become a Muslim, and he's been attending every week. So there's a clear, there is a clear rise. Definitely, we see it, um, and and not only is there a clear rise, but I think the um, there's a rise in in the those who are accepting Islam, but also the level of um, of Islam that they adopt. Immediately, right. they, they you know start to pray, you know, fasting, um, changing the way that they kind of like you know dress and so on and so forth. And of course, not that the dress code is is really too relevant to to practicing Islam per se, but it shows there's that that desire and that want to to really you know take the deen on uh, mm. full steam ahead. But I'm going to ask about the demographics of this. Are we talking overwhelmingly yeah. about young people? And if so, quite what age range are we talking about? So I would say, um, I would say between like av the average age between 15 to 40. Yeah. And the, you know, majority of them between 15 and, and, um, and late 20s. Yeah. But then we've had, we've had some that are even younger. So, we had a, an eight-year-old um, girl. She actually became a Muslim. Her wow. father came with her, and um, she was, you know, very intelligent. You would assume eight years old. How can they make a decision like that? But mm -hmm. you know, she really surprised me when I, I spoke to her. Um, she became Muslim, <clears> and <throat> she was putting her father. She wanted to um, mm. uh, do it herself. You know, yeah. um, we've had we've had those that are in their seventies taking. Um, their shahada so so the average age i'd say between 15 and, and 40 but then mm. you have those that are above 40 and those that are under 15 years old and the gender ratio what would that be do you think so the gender it's very interesting because most people assume that it's the the majority of those that are becoming muslim are young men but that's mm. only because the young men are the ones that are recorded um as as we can present them to the community at the front mm. but we actually have a lot of young um sisters and um some very very interesting stories like and and you see it different ethnicities you know um we've seen here uh polish italian um indian uh sri lankan mm. um you know various european countries english of course uh, if i didn't already say that mm. caribbean so a wide range of um, ethnicities um men and women and uh, the women they uh, i would say probably in the same amount as the men although during ramadan i believe the men were were there were more men taking um islam uh up than than uh, women it seems mm -hmm. now is this something to do perhaps with the, the influence of uh, people like uh, andrew tate upon many young men uh, mm. coming to islam uh, and, and other very famous sports figures uh you know footballers and and so on do you think that is playing a significant role in um attracting men particularly younger men to to islam so i think um it's difficult to to um to assess at face value mm. because 
unless you you ask them you know like how much um do you actually use the internet how influential is it to you and mm. um mm. but I, I do believe there is a role that um, individuals like Andrew Tate and sports personalities are playing so for mm. example we've had young children come to the to the masjid as a part of um, school visits so we have school visits where uh, year ones year twos all the way up to year sixes they come to the masjid we do a presentation for them yeah. um we you know teach them about the five pillars of islam show them what a prayer mat looks like you know what and and um you know what does it look like uh to kind of pray the mimbar things like that mm. and um they recognize the sujood because of Muhammad Salah, the famous football player. Mm, so yeah. non, non-Muslim young children, they recognize immediately that's what Muhammad Salah does. And, um, and they know he's a Muslim. Um, yeah. Likewise, I would suggest perhaps, you know, individuals like, you know, Khabib, Sadio Mane, for example, um, very well known for his charity publicly. I think these individuals are having a big impact. Andrew mm. Tate, I believe that he, his role is perhaps slightly different because... I think that there are many young men in society today and just through interacting with them, with uh, young men, there are many young men that feel um, society has perhaps um, maligned them slightly. Mm-hmm. They don't really have a place in society. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so individuals like Andrew Tate, they've come in and they've kind of filled that void for some, you know, whether you agree with his views or you don't, it's, it's mm-hmm. a matter of, of fact. Um, and, I had a very interesting discussion with with a young uh, a young brother recently, and mm. um, I don't think he would mind sharing um, what he said to me. That and it made me actually really make me think. You know, he said um, with with um, with some respect to to the he called them the clergymen of Islam. He said, you know, it's very difficult to take them as role models for a young man because you know you see them arguing and bickering and backbiting online, um, mm. and he attributed that to female behavior. His words, he said, you know, like women. Those were his words. Mm-hmm. And you see that they're not keeping in shape. You know, many of them, they don't look like they're in shape. That You know, they don't really represent what I want to be as a young man. Right. And then when you look to individuals like, you know, Andrew Tate, um, mm. they're, they're all about, you know, like external masculinity, um, you know, physique, um, you know, acting like a man and so on and so forth. And so um, it, it, that that this topic here the topic of of um you know what andrew tate represents i think it's 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 a big big kind of topic and and it would be wrong to say or to suggest that he hasn't had an impact and mm-hmm. and and even you know him becoming muslim i ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant him guidance and steadfastness mm-hmm. and i think it's important that people realize that you know um he's it's going to take him time to internalize islam and yeah. we can disagree with you know his views we can disagree with his actions mm-hmm. But we also have to give him the benefit of the doubt and and kind of realize he's on a journey at the same yeah. time. I think in, in society in the West now and throughout the West, really, where where traditional masculinity is uh, rubbished and even seen as wrong, extraordinary, uh, yeah. really. Um, yeah. You know, but human nature doesn't go away. Human nature, contrary to, in my view, what the West believes, is kind of like a blank slate, and we can just create people through you know engineering and through education and. Uh, and so on but actually there are such things as men and women you know we're, yeah, we're made yeah. differently by god himself um yeah. and people like tate whether or not they always express themselves the way that we feel comfortable with at least are going against that trend and asserting yeah. a, a kind of masculinity um as i say whether or not it's always um helpful is another question but nevertheless they are doing yeah. that. And i can see why that might appeal 
Yeah, and I think and I think the fact that he is kind of championing masculinity, mm. people are are, are are jumping on to to the bandwagon because there's a lot of young men they really do feel disenfranchised. Yeah. Um. You know, they. I mean, even if you look at it from the mental health perspective, you know, the mental health um, industry is 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 uh, you could say pretty much female led. Um. You know, I know many uh, Muslim organizations they're struggling to find male therapists and sure. men don't really want to speak to female therapists um and i know i know of um female you know clientele um if, if i could if i should call them that but you know help seekers i guess and um they're seeking um male therapists because the type of um therapy they receive from from a from a, a man is different to that which they yeah. would receive from a woman you know and um so for for young men it it is problematic and we're seeing this even spill into marriages we're seeing it spill into marriages now where, you know, it's like society to some degree has, has uh, you know, castrated um, what it means to be a man. But then small communities, traditional communities will complain about the men not being men. But, you know, if society is going to take what it is to be a man away from them and, and is going to remove the arenas of masculinity for them to kind of develop that masculinity, we can only blame ourselves later on down the line. And I don't mean to criticize other religions. It's very easy to do. But I'm thinking of the Christian yeah. churches, particularly, for example, the well, Church of England. I used to be a Christian. So, you know, I had some personal experience of this, um, you know, often scratching their heads, thinking, why are no young men coming to our churches? And while well, we need to develop new evangelistic tools and new outreach programs to attract young men. And I'm thinking, because they haven't got yes. a clue. They haven't got a clue what the problem is. But um the problem is the, the, the Church of England is not just the Church of England. I'm not picking on this one place, but they are yeah. the natural church of this country. Um, is many would argue, and I don't necessarily disagree, heavily mm. feminized. But it's run by men overwhelmingly. But it's still a very feminized church where the emphasis is on caring and sharing and feminine yeah. and you know communicate all these kind of very feminine interpersonal. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. There's nothing wrong with those values, of course, but. Um, there's much more to human experience than that. And men particularly who are looking for other kinds of role models are not modeled at all um, um, uh, in the Church of England, I, I think. Um, and you see that to some extent, even in the Catholic Church in, in the West, even though it's completely male dominated, it, yeah. it's very kind of feminine in its kind of uh, attitudes and the way it's, it expresses itself and completely against any kind of principle. No, this is wrong. And, yeah. and yeah. you know, any... any or a sense of discipline. The discipline yeah. is is a bad word. Um, I never. I don't remember the last time I heard the Church of England talking about the discipline of Christian faith, where things, you know, there's right and there's wrong and there's clarity. Um, it's just absent from the discourse. Yeah. And the same, uh, I would argue, in many facets of the Catholic Church as well. Contrast all that with with Islam, and um, yeah, you know, you, you, all of this is there and in abundance. Even though there's no clergy, you mentioned clergy, but there's actually no clergy in Islam. No yeah, so Islam. yeah, yeah. There's no pope. There's no magisterium, and yeah, yet yeah. Um, uh, the the uh, Muslims, uh, men and women, live a disciplined life. They say they have clear boundaries. They know mm -hmm. this is haram and this is halal. That's in my experience almost completely missing from Christianity as such and that's a remarkable yeah. contrast i think yeah and and it's and um it sounds like you've also just described um the the mental health arena as well because that's pretty much what the mental health arena has become where it's all about kind of um providing that's that you know space for a person to feel comfortable you know safe 
you know, um, kind of justify. And 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 many people they're actually looking for directives. They're looking for you know direction. They're looking for principles, and they don't find it um, in the mental health um, sector. That so they're they're kind of lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you, it's very interesting. You mentioned mentioned discipline because it's been a key word amongst many of the young uh, Muslims. A key word many of them have mentioned, and you'll probably see it in some of the shahada videos. They say discipline. When so what, asked, what, you know, what, what they, I know what I mean by that, but what do they say they mean by what 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 disciplined is it? The lifestyle is it? What what is it they see that they find attractive? Yeah, so it's the um, the lifestyle, the oh. the fact that things are very clear. Um, you know, the fact that uh, young men, you know, their friends are not drinking, are not you know engaging in promiscuity. Um, you know, they're not smoking. Although there are many young Muslims that that do those things. Um, but there are many that that aren't. Even if they're mixing with with those that are doing those things, they're still abstaining, even to a degree. And even those, by the way, who who are drinking, those Muslims uh, drinking alcohol is one example. They yeah. know it's wrong. That, that I don't I exactly. Don't, I, I can't think any of them would say, "Oh yeah, drinking's fine," because they know what the Quran says: no, no to being intoxicated. Yeah, Whereas the Christian equivalent would be, well, actually, yeah, uh, they, they would then seek to justify it because, yeah. oh, well, that was the Bible, that was then, but now we live in. 2023 in England or something, whatever the argument may be. Yeah, yeah we, we've even had um, individuals highlight the fact that they've seen the um, the Christian faith changing um, within the last you know two decades, where things were previously considered to be wrong and now they're considered to be okay. Exactly. Um, you know, new narratives being pushed based upon upon the uh, the idea of the day, and um, and so it's it, as 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 I mentioned um, previously. A, uh, a lady actually brought her daughter to the masjid and she wanted her daughter to become Muslim. So how, not, not, how, not how, a how, young man. Really? So, so uh, sorry, how old was yeah. she? I, so this is a non-Muslim parent bringing her child to the mosque yeah. and wanting the child to become a Muslim. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I believe she was between the age of 11 to 15. I can't remember the exact age precisely. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason that she mentioned was um, because things are clear cut, you know, like a man is a man and a woman is a woman. Right. And um, and she wanted her, her daughter to have direction and clear cut guidelines and a framework that she could apply into her own life. And um, and that's a, a woman. And, and I've seen many, many young women, actually, when you speak to them, they do like the, the fact that Islam is clear, you know, mm. that, you know, a man is a man, a woman is a woman, traditional roles, um, you know, halal, haram, all of these things. Mm. People, I think, especially for, um, for us as, as 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 humans, we forget that we are purpose-driven creatures. Mm. We we have to have a purpose which is clearly defined for us. Mm. And um, you know, many uh, philosophers of old they mentioned you know a man without purpose is is non-existent. And so you see that in today's society, you see what's happening because society has stripped itself of God, and in doing so, stripped itself of purpose. And mm. so man has been left to his own. Um, you know, whims and desires, and and is simply drowning in 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 that kind of mm. I don't know what you want to call it cauldron, I guess. Mm, mm. And, and I think in in previous generations, even before my time, uh, 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 was often what was often attractive to many people was a kind of political agenda, political program to tr- transform yeah. the world, whether it be Marxist socialism or communism and so on. Um, but I, I get the feeling that people aren't really attracted to that either because they sense that it's still it's all is all about increasing material standards of living, increasing mm. 
uh, our preoccupation with the physical world, but it doesn't offer what, what some Christians used to call, you know, God-shaped hole in our heart. You know, there's this sense yeah, that yeah. Uh, the core of our being is something that's not just meant for the dunya, but it has a transcendent purpose. And you talked about a purpose-driven life, but it's not just about having a Marxist vision for social justice. It's much more than that. It goes much deeper about what it means to be human or man or woman, uh, you know, about prayer, about personal yeah. discipline. And these ideologies yeah. don't offer any of that, of course. Uh, no. And and um, and and it's been highlighted by 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 some who I was speaking with um, with Imam Shakil uh, just the other day, the head Imam here, and um, we were noting that as far as I can remember, so in the last um, six, nearly six years now of being here, I can't remember anyone coming to Islam here at Lewisham due to um, you know the the kind of like theological framework of Islam, where they've you know they've read you know. Um, the tenets of Islam, the theological kind of uh, framework, and 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 that's what's convinced them. It's it's always been something of a, of a more spiritual kind of uh, you know whether it's um, they're touched by what they see, um, you know, or or they they're, they're searching, they're they're looking for for Allah for God, and at the time they didn't know what they were looking for. Uh, you know, it's always been something more um, uh, internal, as as you mentioned, something related to purpose, something that feels like it fits. Whereas mm. and and the theology then comes later, and yeah. um, so I think that's it's a it's an important point that you mentioned the uh, the the God shaped hole in the heart, mm. and mm. and I, I also believe that we have reached a a a point in society in the West and generally in the world, um, not only in the West where we've had what the dunya has to offer, mm. there, mm. there isn't much more, and it's yeah. it's got to a point now where. In order for you to take any more from the dunya, you have to start to pervert things. You know, mm. we've taken so much of, of of what the dunya has to offer that now we're looking for for perversion. Um, you know, perversions of those things to, mm. to find that extra stimulation. Mm. And so, people are seeing this and realizing that there must be more to life. Mm. I've mm. been, you know, I've been fulfilling my my desires for the last how many years? I've, I'm seeing people doing it, but yet I don't feel that that contentment. I don't feel that that uh, that fulfillment and so they're looking for for something else and the i i believe the only community that really stands for anything anymore in the west <clears> is the muslim community sorry yeah no i i yeah, no, okay. no i was just saying um it, often again i don't mean to bash christianity but often the language is there so you know we're all christians together we're all brothers and sisters in christ that's an expression yeah. quite common and even say during the catholic mass um, you know, you give the sign of peace. So you, you turn to your complete stranger next to you and say, you know, peace be with you, basically. Slumly, mm. actually, uh, but not in, in Arabic. Um, but the point is that you do that mechanically because it's part of the liturgy. Then you turn back again. And then after the service, you leave. You never see this person again. And that's it. And contrast that with brotherhood or sisterhood in Islam. I don't think it's a mere word there. I, I The sense no. of brotherhood... Um, genuine i mean i i i've experienced it so many times wherever i go i meet muslims and you know we talk there is a real sense of connection simply by virtue yeah. of we're muslims and i i would never experience that in a christian uh context and uh, maybe our society our, our atomized divided society uh in lacking that sense of brotherhood that crosses over racial class social economic yeah. barriers hierarchies it is an extraordinary phenomenon, I think. Yeah, and I, and I also think um, that the uh, modern issue of identity politics maybe has a has a link to this. Uh, you know, 
lack of brotherhood because um although of course i'm, I'm sure you would you would have more kind of reading into it but you know europe previously being a um a, a christian kind of nation you know the the place of christianity that there, there would have been that that affiliation to to the the faith you know that was the main kind of identity christian and european likewise for those that came from africa from the middle east from the southeast asian continent it's mm. it's um islam and then the uh, the place the region but now that that you you've separated god from society you've separated that integral part of identity people are looking for for that brotherhood in in other areas or they're looking for that affiliation in other areas and so some are finding it in in um, in gender others are finding it in color or race you know others are finding it in political um affiliation or inclination and whereas for islam it's the the islam that comes first the the brotherhood that comes first and it's something i don't believe can be quite understood until you've experienced it to touch mm. down anywhere mm. in the world and find a local mosque and find your brothers it's it's yeah. it's an experience that perhaps the word brotherhood doesn't doesn't um really um uh encapsulate and also you mentioned that i mean slightly off topic but you know you, you're right if i go to any mosque in the world um i i'll I will know what will happen during Juma, for example, or, or during the you know the five daily prayers. It's going to be a set prayers um, in the same language. They're not going to be usually yeah. at all in, in any other language in Arabic, uh, and so on. But if I go to any Christian church in the world, I really won't know what's going to happen mm. next. Whether there's going to be uh, a, a, a priest in a dog collar in speak Latin, or uh, a woman with a guitar singing songs, or whatever. Yeah. You just have no idea. What, to, what you're going to see and also what the, the leaders of the church will believe because they could believe it anything. Whereas um, in terms of Sunni Islam, there's an impressive uniformity, I think, of practice, yeah. which goes right back to the prophet. And that's not historically yeah. contested at all. Um, but, but also in terms of belief, you know, we, we know what you're going to believe in Tao here. They're going to believe in the books will be by God, you know, the, the, the six yeah. uh, uh, elements of faith, the angels yeah. and so on. Yeah. Um, and that's just not contested. I mean, no one's sitting around mm. saying, well, are there really angels? As many Christians will do. Uh, just myth. No, nope, you believe it. The Quran says yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. End of story. And so there's, there's impressive sort of predictability and stability mm. um, in, in Islamic practice globally, as you say. So so are you saying that um, perhaps that uh, predictability is, is a key part of um, why people are coming to Islam? Yes, because so yeah. What, what I meant was, uh, you, you mentioned that uh, you know many people have observed that the Christian churches, for example, have changed their beliefs changed, in yeah. recent decades uh, over, say, what's called gay marriage and other LGBT things. Um, mm. You never quite know where you're going to, what's going to happen when you go into a particular mm. church, even in the same denomination. You, you, you're not going to know, say, in the Church of England. Yeah. Whereas uh, th that uniformity of belief and practice uh, is a sense of you know what you're dealing with a religion that isn't going with the the passing winds and fashions and changes of the world and mm. those who like their who like faith you know objective uh, and mm. unchanging because obviously it's not created by human beings yeah, that's, that's a hallmark of truth mm. rather than, uh whereas for, yeah i think many people would i think i saw it like that i mean so so i guess it would be a good point for me to ask um mm. the question about um about the uh, cultural, because it's something that we often discuss as as imams. So, yeah. for example, here now, um, as as I'm sure you're, you've experienced and and um, you've seen, there are cultural iterations of Islam 
um, that sometimes may not be perceived from the outside until you actually start to, you know, mingle with the community. But um, so, for example, you might have, uh, you know, East African, you know, Southeast Asian, Arab, you know, West African, and and everyone has has a has a an element of um, of flavor or, or 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 you know color, if you like, to 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 the dean. And um, so, from your experience, has has that did that have an impact on on um, how easy or difficult it was for you to adopt Islam? Yeah, I think it, I think it was. I mean, my, my journey was much more kind of theological and, and okay. you know, being a committed Christian. So, um, but. But yes, you're right. I, I, I was keenly aware of crossing over a civilizational divide from the majoritarian mm. white Christian English community, of which I was obviously a member, to a minority community, which was multi-ethnic, yeah. multicultural. Um, and so there was that, and, and that meant encountering different, even things like different foods, nothing really to do yeah. with Islamic doctrine, but, you know, different foods, different cultures. But one of the things that really was a world changer for me um, going from a majority participation to a minority participation is that the world is seen quite differently from a minority point of view. I don't, I don't mm. mean the universe, I mean politically. So yeah, yeah. You know, looking comfortably as a European on the, the third world uh, and the Middle East and all mm. that, you know, those foreign places, becoming part of a community which has been on the receiving end of military occupation, mm of colonialism, of injustice and exploitation and racism. And identifying with that community now was a big change, a paradigm shift in the way I perceived the world. And suddenly, as you take the, the issue of the occupied territories where the Zionists are occupying Palestine, you know, before yeah. Israel, yeah, the Jews deserve a homeland, Holocaust, terrible things that happened to them. You know, it was effortlessly fine that Israel exists yeah. Else, yeah. and and because that's if you read the Daily Telegraph or watch Fox News, that's all you're going to think anyway. But suddenly, to to understand a very different narrative from the other side um, of peoples who have been occupied by foreigners themselves, often from Russia or Europe or America, yeah. calling themselves Jews, but look indistinguishable from Europeans. I mean, they are Europeans yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You come in and simply ethnically cleanse their villages, occupy their country and and create a system of apartheid, basically, which it is today. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that takes a completely different perspective. And for me, that was one of the biggest changes rather than, oh, you know, they're multicultural now or they're, you know, uh, is, I, I'm as a white person, I'm a minority within the Ummah. Yeah. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter people, but, but th that was there. But the bigger thing for me was how I perceived the geopolitics of the world and the asymmetry of power. Whereas before that, you know, the white man was dominant. Now he has seen it's problematic and there's a history mm. and uh, issues, um, which I really didn't get before. And I think most people in the West don't get it because they're not able to or want to see things differently from the other side. If they mm. were to try and see things differently from the other side, so much, well, might be solved, but who, who knows? But um, yeah, so it, it was quite a big change in some ways. But I mean, so you, you mentioned quite a few interesting points. So you said um, the white man, you know, like, um, so as in, as I guess, from a, from a geopolitical perspective or political kind of identity. Um, but so this is something that I've I've had a contention with at times with the Muslim community, where sometimes we attribute um, disbelief to a color. You know, so for example, you might you might find certain Muslims they will, especially online. You know, when talking about Islam, 
you know, they'll, they'll talk about Islam as if it as as if it's an ethnic group. So it would be like, you know, the Muslims and the white man, you know, or you know, the, um, white Europeans don't like this. And and um, and Islam, of course, is not related to a uh, to an ethnic group. It's and and so I worry that that kind of it it, it pushes the us versus them agenda. And um, and sometimes we see it. So for example, we we had um, we had someone come to to the masjid, took shahada. And was sitting down and talking with someone. And this was a few years ago. Alhamdulillah, like we 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 try, especially Imam Shkil tries his best to kind of educate the community, you know. Um, and 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 the community are very much welcoming. Um, mm. Generally speaking, they they don't really raise an eyebrow now, regardless who comes into the masjid. But but um, a young brother after the um, the the man took his shahada, he mentioned uh, uh, this man. He mentioned, oh, I play for a particular um, football team. And and the brother said, "Oh yeah, those white boys," and so I felt, you know, really kind of awkward um, because that it's it's even you know even though the brother he's not he's not of um, you know he, he's he's of a mixed background, but mm. it it kind of it makes it seem like you know Islam is not for you know the white man or Islam is not for in certain communities. For example, if you go to certain parts of England, there's a perception that Islam is not for the black man. And we had we had someone. In fact, he he became a Muslim a few years ago, and he mentioned one of the one of the real reasons I became Muslim is because I remember um, Lewisham's involvement in standing up for for issues of of um, oppression within the black community, and and that you know really kind of helped me to understand that Islam is not against um, black people. Whereas within the community that he came from. There were there were kind of you know sounds that you know Islam doesn't like black people you know Islam is 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 only for the for the Arabs things like this, and so sometimes it seems like from the inside we might be making it a bit more difficult for people to approach Islam because of our the language that we might use sometimes yeah. our cultural practices or habits for example. Mm. No, I, I think that that that's right. I mean, I, I've learned there's one thing I did learn is that racist stereotypes. Are possessed not just by white people of other yeah. ethnic groups, but other ethnic groups sometimes have racial stereotypes, not just of white people, but other ethnic groups other than their yeah, own. Of course, yeah, is yeah. actually, um, and this seems to be a common uh, experience of humanity throughout history. Actually, mm. you look at it, mm. the more you realize how global and it's human nature. Um, but uh, uh, so, yeah, I've, I've not, to my knowledge, experienced that directed to me in fact i think it's worked the other way around for me but okay i i, I understand there is i mean I, i've learned awkwardly this thing called white privilege is, is a reality uh, and um mm -hmm. well um but that hasn't been an issue of preventing me into bracing islam which is what you're talking about um but um yeah racial prejudice stereotypes are ubiquitous uh, I, um and um yeah i don't really feel qualified to comment it anymore about that but i i, I know that a lot of my um uh success in inverted commas uh um mm. is is partly due to being white uh, i'm told white privilege some people tell me that um but that's not for me to judge i mean i'm every, people are entitled to their opinions um and um i i would suggest because I, i've i've seen some of the content that you've been producing um you know, and and i think more you know the 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 style of delivery, the topics, and but again, that's going to be my opinion. But um, on on the point, so for example, if we do look at the issue of of, of white privilege, minority, you know, um, uh, issues, 
Mm. I, it makes me think about the working class, for example, working class English, um, you know, um, makes me think about Irish and, you know, working class, working class English people are white. You know, um, Irish people are, are, are considered to be white mm. and yet you see them suffering the same, you know, financial struggles, the same yeah. kind of, you know, you know um, educational struggles, yeah. uh, cultural uh, issues. No, but what what I mean is, I, I, as a, a good friend of mine who, um, uh, you know, occasionally uh, we we, we uh, he's an Arab, um, so he's a brown skinned Egyptian. Uh, there's a there's a reason I'm saying this because it's directly yeah. relevant to the point. And okay. his, his experience, uh, our, our experience of going through immigration, say in mm -hmm. France, in Germany, Berlin, mm -hmm. or other countries, even in the Arab world, is very different. Yeah, now, yeah. Uh, you know, he he has the same kind of passport that I do. Or he's, he has a another passport an egyptian passport but but I, I know that so far when i when i fly when i go to say berlin you know passport control and immigration is really quick for me like seconds and i went to when i went to san francisco at the beginning of the year um you know the long queue of people i thought oh my god they're gonna ask me questions and i knew what they would ask me because i could hear the people in front being asked the questions so there were three questions i knew the answers very straightforward and they were being told one person was taken away, one black woman was taken mm. away by some guards. Like, oh God, it's now, now it's my turn to be interrogated. So the man looked yeah. at me, asked me three questions, and it was over in about 10 seconds. Whoosh, I was through. I thought, yeah. good grief, it happened, it's happened again. <laughs> you know, this is, mm, this mm. is my normal. Now, my Arab friend, who, who looks perfectly respectable and perfectly normal, doesn't look like a, a terrorist, um, if there is such a thing, uh, as looking yeah. like a terrorist, I mean. Uh, um, that's not his experience. Mm, and, mm. And yeah, it's, yeah. It's usually right. Sorry, and 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 his experience is not unique. It's the norm, uh, and and this is something that he has told me about, and I've had to learn by observing the way we're treated, uh, even though we're we're pretty much the same in terms of our backgrounds mm. and, and and so on. And there's no baggage attached to either of us in terms of activities we've done. We shouldn't, you know, we're both kind of pretty much on the same page. And he, he will be stopped in questions, and I won't. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's what I mean by my own personal experience of white privilege. But that's not really to do with mm. Islam. This is about Islam, really. But 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 yeah, nevertheless, yeah. that's my awakening or one of my awakenings to this whole reality. Mm. So so the way the way I like uh, my my point, I guess, linking it to the issue of Islam and and Dawah is that sometimes I guess when those kind of um, uh, discussions spill into masajid or spill into um, you know kind of like um, the arena of Dawah. It, it can kind of create a block between the masses and Islam, mm -hmm. and um, and and I guess that that's probably the conundrum of our times, where especially online, where there you know everyone's kind of speaking from their uh, you know places in society, whether whether they're you know in a, a political field, you know a grassroots field, an academic field, and these these kind of views and and experiences they they clash without the relevant context and um so on the ground i believe it can cause problems yeah. and um and sometimes it's very easy for for those that are on the ground to adopt certain narratives without kind of thinking about the impact it can have on on the masses if someone walks into a masjid and and um you know he hears you know let's say an english person walks into the masjid and he wants to know about islam and he hears someone using that type of um terminology mm. uh, you know associating disbelief to the white man or the European man, it can have a, a negative impact. And um, and if you look, you know, the Prophet ﷺ, you look to the time of the Prophet ﷺ, there was there was no 
animosity or enmity between those that became Muslim due to the past that they 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 came from, mm-hmm. and and I think you know just listening to you talk about how your worldview changed, they remind me of the ayah Sibratullah wa man ahsan wa man ahsanu min Allahi Sibra that you know the 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 tanning of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala and and who is better than Allah Subhanahu wa Taala in in tanning, um how you know your 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 world view completely changed and and now you know you associate yourself to 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 the muslims um you know well, and, well, and, and... Interesting. i can still relate that i can still in my mind if i was to you know read if i watch fox news or telegraph i can yeah. still connect with how they see the world it's not like a completely alien thing i've never heard of before i of can course, still yeah. into it but yes. because i know the other alternative reality um i'm not persuaded by it, or i'm not kind of i don't just accept it uncritically um, mm. So uh, it, it's it's like being bilingual or something. I can speak both languages. Yeah, yeah. But I, I know I know if one's concerned with truth and justice and right and wrong, then it becomes easier to make a decision. And so much of the debate in the West is ignorance of the alternative perspective and just demonise mm. these as pro- as a problem um, because because we are superior. Although we never say it publicly. Well, sometimes we do, but we shouldn't. You know, from that point of view, but the assumption is there. Boy, is it there! And it's big time in France, mm. where I also spend some time. The effortless superiority of the French when it comes to their civilization, their law, their state, their political philosophy is total on the left and the right, mm. and that negatively uh, uh, judging Muslims, of, of whom there are more in France than any other European country. So, uh, goodness knows how one becomes a Muslim in France from a a white French perspective, because you really are crossing over lots of red lines you shouldn't cross mm. over there, mm. uh, so to speak. So uh, I think it's a, it's a less of a problem in England than it is, say, in places like France or Germany, which is almost as bad as, if not as bad as France, in my experience. Mm. Uh, England is better, believe it or not, than some places. Yeah, no, we, we've had French Muslims come to, um, and they've lived in, in South London, and they've, yeah. they've mentioned, they, they've, uh, they some uh, are shocked when, when they see you know the level of, of of Islam being practiced in the UK when they come over from from France, um, but so are you saying then that for the European, um, you know English, you know French, German, that the color comes before um, faith, you know, uh, I guess political inclination, because uh, yeah, it, it is there's a racial element in say France, uh, but there's also a very heavily ideological component that the right way to live, the only way to live is, is, is according to a certain secular understandings, not just of the state or, but also of man and woman, men and women. This is a really important issue actually in, for France, particularly yeah. men and women are absolutely equal. And by equal, they don't mean a Muslim might agree with that spiritually. They might say, well, we have equal access to God, God's grace. And we're both, you know, we're both praying, but they mean the same. And yeah, any, yeah. any difference in roles, for example, between men and women is, you know, a- akin to, you know, a serious thought crime. I mean, it really is. And the state will come in. I mean, there have been imams in, pa- in France who've been removed and deported uh, for yeah. uh, quoting from the Quran. I mean, this is not hyperbole. These are well-known instances in the last year. Um, now, nothing like that, I don't think, happens in England yet. Um, but that's v- very extremist secularism, which... Yeah insists that muslims believe the same thing uh, otherwise you will suffer the consequences and so how you as a a white christian frenchman for example mm-hmm. wanting to embrace islam i i mean 
it's difficult because not only, I mean, what is Islam in that context? Are you being told the yeah. full story anyway? Or are you being told a sanitized French Islam, which has been gutted of anything distinctive that is different from secularism? Mm. Uh, whereas, whereas those things in England, we have problems um, with, you know, we're told we must accept LB, LGBT on pain of punishment. But in France, it's that for sure as well, plus a whole lot of other things as well. Mm. So, so how do you see then um, Islam being like, you know, for those that are on the ground in Masajid, how do you view the best way to take Islam to the masses? Um, you know what I mean, it's, it's happening isn't it through the media it's happening through you know we we bypass people bypass rather the official media they bypass what the state says they bypass um you know what the bbc or say and they yeah. they go to youtube they go to instagram they go to tiktok that they, they they listen to you know the, the usual list of people that people that happens as all and others you know they, they they turn to trusted guides who are not echoing they were not paid by the state. Uh, yeah. We're not attempting at all to just tell you to believe in secular liberalism. In fact, they see mm. secularism as a problem, as it is a problem. Yeah. Um, so that there are all, now, because of technology, there are alternative ways to learn about Islam. There are lots of ways to learn about Islam now, I think. I mean, yeah. there's abundance yeah. of places to learn. So I, I think um, uh, things are really good in that sense. We don't, we're not relying on the state to tell us about Islam. We can rely mm. on whomever we want you know? yeah and i think also the communities are playing a big part in that as well right. the the new generation i think that's one of the reasons for the um the, the current kind of uptake in islam amongst those that are of a younger age because the you have um i can't speak of course for france but in the uk for example young muslims that are you know they see themselves as as as, as british proud of islam they don't really see a clash between the two and so they're demanding, you know, prayer spaces at work, prayer spaces mm -hmm. in universities, prayer spaces in colleges. Um, you know, they're praying in parks, in, in schools. Yeah. Um, and so the, the masses are actually seeing what Islam is through the people on the ground, which kind of uh, rids them of, of the, um, the narratives that maybe they've been fed through the media by well, politicians. It's, it's also not just, yeah, I agree. It's, not, it's not, not just the media's narrative that we are. Uh, it's also that when you have um, a lot of immigrants from uh, the Arab world, say in the 1950s or 60s, or in Pakistan, yeah. from Bangladesh, whose first language wasn't English, and they were clearly foreign to England. Yeah. But now they've had children, and their children have had children. And this generation you're referencing there are indigenous British Muslims. You have yeah. absolutely no reason to think they're anything other than that. And yeah. so they are part of the community now, yeah. unlike their, their grandparents who were clearly immigrants and trying to establish themselves in the country, which was not of their own birth or making. Mm, now mm. we have Muslims who are grassroots up part of England or Scotland or Wales um, as much as anyone else. And there are neighbours, there are friends, there are, there are schoolmates. And so the, all, all these barriers have broken down completely uh, now yeah. because of this most recent generational shift. So yeah. Islam is, is now becoming British now. Yeah, and, and I think that's um, it highlights the importance of the masajid, um, mm. you know, the masajid investing in um, perhaps imams, uh, you know, staff members, coordinators that that have the ability to 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 bring the culture of calling people to Islam and practicing your your religion, yeah. you know, in, in, in your life, in all aspects of your life. Because mm. 
the masajid now, the, the amount of masajid in the UK, um, wow. you know, we can we can have a massive impact on the ground just by practicing Islam. There was a young uh, brother in East London. Um, he was on the news recently um, because he saved uh, an, an elderly Englishman from from a fire. Uh, a, a, his block uh, went up in flames and he ran in, poured the, the elderly man out. And on the interview, you can see it online. He's saying, you know, this is what Islam teaches us. This is what our religion teaches us. And so, you know, that act is is, is perhaps more powerful than yeah. than um, you know even the YouTube videos and, and 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 the lectures because people are seeing firsthand, you know, what Islam actually is through those that are living amongst them. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. The, 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 these incredible acts of courage and charity and kindness, simple neighborly kindness, makes all the difference. Because people are less impressed with ideas more impressed with um actions and, and islam yeah. is all about actions i mean obviously there are core beliefs but it's yeah. largely to do with behavior is to do with how we treat people and how we bring um goodness and justice to the world and uh yeah. everyone regard you know atheists are impressed with that i would contend everyone's impressed with that yeah 100 mm. uh, i was just saying i was speaking to a friend of mine um earlier today uh dr abdullah mm. speedy uh who, who mm. actually uh, um teaches at the Islamic University of Medina. Uh, he's okay, a, sure. he is Swedish. No, he's a white Swedish guy, so I'm trying to say, okay. uh, a, a convert to Islam. And I was asking him about, because I wanted to see if the phenomena that you've been speaking about, th- mm. this upsurging uh, people embracing Islam, is just a, an English phenomena, or is it more global than that? And and mm. I got permission from him to quote exactly what he said to me. Um, it was on WhatsApp. <laughs> he said, people are, and he's talking about Sweden here, in Europe, people are taking shahadas all over, all of the time. I have never seen anything like it. He said, I have never seen anything like it. And this man knows Sweden really well. Mm. Um, he's an academic, takes a very interest in the social political scene in Sweden. Um, so it's happening in Sweden, it's happening mm. in the United Kingdom. Um, Something's I, mean, I can't speak to what's happening in Italy or Spain, I've no idea, but it looks like it is a international phenomenon, not just yeah. local to England. What do you what do you what do you think? What's your sense? I mean, just from um, from those that are becoming Muslim in Lewisham, it seems to be international because we have uh, members of, of uh, so we've had Italians, we've had um, Polish, we've had um, French, um, and and they're taking we've had Portuguese. Um, and they're taking their shahada here. Some of them, um, they live here. Some of them, they, they you know, might be back and forth. Um, mm. You know, I, I definitely believe that that it's 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 uh, you know an international uptake. I mean, South America, for example, it's been uh, a hotbed of Islam for 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 the last decade or so. Um, mm. Well documented. I think there, there there have been some documentaries. Al Jazeera. Uh, I think um, maybe a, a Vice News. I'm not sure if they're still in business. I've heard uh, there's some issues with them, but um, the, it, I, I really do believe. And studying in Medina, whilst I was studying in Medina, so right. we we had you know students coming from all over the world, all over the world. Um, you know, mm. a large amount of uh, of, of reverts from um, South America, from all over Europe. Um, some countries, 20 students a year being accepted from places like Italy, um, you know, um, North America, I guess it's it's well documented anyway, you know, Canada, Spain, Portugal, Germany, France, um, Sweden, Denmark, um, all it, globally, you know, it, yeah. it, it seems that Islam is is really on the rise um, in, 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 in large uh, numbers. 
Yeah, I was thinking of Turkey. We've had the first round of the presidential elections, parliamentary elections recently. And contrary to all expectations, the President Erdogan actually, well, say won. I mean, he got the largest percentage of the votes. This is a, as a yeah. uh, second round shortly. But the point about mentioning this is that he's been in power for like years and years. And he, he's known for being quite pro-Islam. And I know this is a really controversial issue. I'm going to get lots of negative comments about this. Mm. But nevertheless, in Istanbul, where, where I've yeah. been a couple of times the last year, you know, Muslims as, that I've met like him because not because he's a perfect human being, but because, you know, he opened Hagia Sophia, uh, which was a museum uh, uh, under the uh, under someone else. But it's now been turned back into a mosque mm. uh, and, and a hugely popular mosque. I mean, people love it. I mean, you know, they love yeah. to pray in it. It's packed full of people. And, you know, but now they have their chance to throw out this guy and have a nice secular democratic pro-Western, pro-American, pro-EU. Mm. And yeah. and all the media, of course, were routing for this pro-EU, pro-Western guy whose name I can't remember. Couldn't pronounce it when I could. I can't pronounce yeah, it's it. It's very difficult. <laughs> um, but what happened? Um, you know, he, he didn't win. Uh, and mm. so, so, you know, the, 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 the openly Muslim candidate who on the, what was it, the night of the election himself, he went to Hagia Sophia yeah, and so the other funny. guy went to uh, some um, uh, memorial to Ataturk uh, and mm. uh, paid his respects there. The optics mm. there really spoke to what's going on there of an yeah. Islamic kind of, I wouldn't call it revival, but a, a regaining of confidence uh, and pride uh, and identification Islamically in that most yeah. secular of republics. Turkey yeah. was based, basic, basing its model on France, of all things. Yeah. It was yeah. crazy. Um, so even there, we are seeing it seems, a trajectory towards embracing Islamic identity and practice. To, yeah. to, even, even like this politician has been in power 20 years, getting him back in, keeping him in, I mean, uh, when mm. they got the alternative, a fresh, new, secular Western guy, nah, we'll keep the Muslim. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and we saw it in um, in Algeria previously, mm. you know, in Tunisia, they were calling for Islam. They wanted Islam in Egypt. You know, um, they were calling for Islam. They wanted Islam. It's 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 something that we see, you know, happening over and over again. When the people have yeah, the opportunity yeah. to to make a choice, they they choose Islam. And um, I think it's 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 a it's a very interesting point because we're mm. focusing on new Muslims, of course. But mm. I've also seen amongst um, young Muslims, so you know, those that are born into Islam and born into Muslim families. Um, you can ask, you know, those that are, are generally involved in teaching the Quran, the amount of of huffaz in the UK now, um, it's 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 unbelievable. You know, we we have now young men and women who are memorizing the Quran, and the the recitation is is perhaps better than those who are going abroad to study. Really? You know, you know, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is preparing the wow. Ummah, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, you know, is really taking care of the future of Islam and the Muslims. And not only that, but it seems like the younger generation, they have more of a passion for practicing Islam than perhaps those that came before them yes. um, in the UK. Yes. And, and, I, I, and it, when I was in Birmingham recently, I, I was speaking to several generations. They say the youngest, the youngest of Muslims today are much more practicing committed than their parents, who are much more committed than their parents. But there's really the yeah. first generation who came here. <laughs> yeah. so, Contrary to the opposite is happening in Christianity, where oh, my grandparents were quite practicing and then my parents not really. And now I, well, you've got your 15, 20 year old, not practicing at all. It's the opposite. Yeah. Um, exactly. So it's an extraordinary um, 
tendency there. Extraordinary. Yeah, so you have the new Muslims coming in. You know, you have like on on uh, within the political kind of arenas, you have Islam. I mean, I heard um, that the um, uh, Erdogan's uh, opposition had even promised to enshrine the hijab into yes. into the um, constitution to yeah. kind of yeah to try and and and, and win over some of the uh the, in, in the... turkey i mean this idea is almost which is unthinkable this is such an extraordinary even the opposition secularists were saying well okay vote for us and we'll change the constitution to allow hijab what in turkey you know yeah so so it's 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 really kind of um you can see it and and the young muslims i think it's it's going to be uh very interesting because those young muslims as you said you know they you know, third generation, some now maybe even fourth, fifth generation, very well educated, you know, very um, uh, well in, in their articulation, you know, um, confident. They, they see themselves as British European. In fact, some of them, they, they've never been uh, back to where their parents or their parents' parents originally migrated from. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. it, to, to, a, to, a, to an extent, perhaps, you know, there's some similarities with the story of uh, Musa, alayhi salam. You know, Fir'aun raised Musa in his own house, mm. but yet Musa was the one who freed Banu Israel from the, the tyranny of, of Fir'aun. You know, and, and Fir'aun, he said to Musa, did I not educate you? Did I not raise you? You know, um, but Musa, salam, with his principles, of course, being a prophet, um, you know, he stood his ground. And so it's, it's, it's kind of perhaps uh, poetically taking place in Europe today where the, the tyranny of um, I don't want to say Europeans because I believe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you know, Tilkal Ayam nas that power. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives power to different different nations at different times. Yeah. Um so I don't believe we can necessarily point fingers in at, at people for what they've done when they've had power. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is is uh, just as Musa was sent for the sake of bringing Islam to Fir'aun and Islam rejected it. Uh, sorry, Fir'aun rejected Islam, but the people of Banu Israel were free from the tyranny of, of a lack of Islam. And mm. it seems that potentially, hopefully, you know, that's what's going to take place in, in, in Europe, where people are, are mm. seeing the liberation that Islam gives them and is freeing them from, from the shackles of desire, the shackles of, you know, the, the um, tyranny of, of, of uh, financial kind of oppression mm. and so on and so forth. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's true. I mean, I was wondering how worrying all this actually is, what you're describing, it, from the perspective of, you know, if you're um, a Western person, an MP or minister or mm. uh, a leader of, of the education system and so on, or various lobby groups, you know, you're really trusting that, you know, uh, through a lot of education um, and ideological control, yeah. shall we say, that you know the muslims will turn out to be just like the christians really and it's just not working and it's not working so no. <laughs> this is a real bad news story a worrisome development surely yeah. from that point of view because it's just not working out as it should have done because i i, I can't kind of think sometimes and i don't I have no inside knowledge I, I just assume this is the case that we don't need to in say in england we don't need directly to um uh, tell Muslims to change their religion. You don't need to say, Muslims, ignore your cry. They, they, they haven't done that, and they won't do it directly. What they have done, though, is, is basically bombard them all the time through schools and the media with the contrary worldview. So you get the point. Well, you, you've got to adapt your Islam to the Western model. That's what's really expected. And they do it quite cleverly, I think, in England anyway. In other countries, it's more crude. 
like in France. But but here there's an attempt to do it with a little bit of sophistication. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but that's, that's my perspective. But the point is, it's failed. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, whether it's yeah. direct or indirect, uh, yeah. attempt to change the religion. I mean, I, know, I bet lots of young Muslims, in other words, I, I, if they rare, I, mean, I, I can tell you the names of the people, I won't say them all now, who I know, who call themselves, you know, modernist or liberal Muslims. They're yeah, so yeah. rare. Um, yeah. that, they're that remarkable. But the absolute norm is people who are, uh, are suddenly on the dean, who accept the, the son of the prophet, peace be upon him, as is, yeah. and are not um, adjusting, I compromising or changing it because of the latest views from BBC or or the Conservative government or Fox News or whatever. And and this is not a trivial thing. This is really no, amazing. No, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, it's, it's, it's miraculous when you think about it because you have a young generation that literally the doors of the dunya are open to them. They can yeah. have whatever they want and go wherever they please. But yet they're choosing to apply Islam. There was a um, a young uh, primary school boy um, who I know personally, um, and uh, he um, he act in primary school. You know, he 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 requested a place to pray Dhuhr. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, "I need to pray because it's a part of my religion." And the primary school is uh, is an advocate for for um, uh, you know human rights. They're a golden rights respecting school, and so. He went to them on the grounds of respecting my right to practice my religion. And so they they were they obliged. And what happened is they started to pray in Jama'ah. So the young boys were leaving the um the playground, going and praying together, and the, the girls were were forming lines behind the boys and were praying behind the boys. And this is at 10 at 11 years old. And um and a teacher wasn't happy about this. And um <laughs> basically you know made a a comment and um, walked in front of him whilst he was praying and he kind of you know he he said you cut off my prayer you know and she said I've never been spoken to by a student like this in my entire career and for me it was quite funny because as a school you're pushing this you know children should should speak out and should be opinionated and you know you're 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 ridding society of the the idea of hierarchy and respect for elders you know now referring to teachers by their first names Mm. but it's not it's not working in in the way that it was you know assumed that it would work it's actually further entrenching and 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 being utilized by these these younger you know muslims to kind of empower themselves it's 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 all from allah well, no, I, I agree. I, although what you're saying is, is very true of England, in France, where they do have the language of empowerment and individual rights and liberty, the same thing you've just, they also have something else, which called la cité, the idea of secularism, which is the official state ideology. Mm. Uh, and that is enforced uh, quite, quite, with an, in, in, I would say, in an authoritarian way. So what you described in that school could never certainly the yeah, moment, take place. France, yeah, yeah. it would be seen as illegal it would cause apoplexy uh politicians mm. up and down the country would have heart attacks if <laughs> they actually thought a student was praying i i, I know it sounds weird to english ears but it i mean and i'm not exaggerating if anything it, it is yeah but i think worse than that. but i think that's also why we should also be you know as as muslims and as as, as citizens of the uk we should be grateful you know to um to, to the fact that you know in, in, you know alhamdulillah the uk is you know there there are a lot of rights afforded to 
um, to its citizens, and and we shouldn't forget that. Mm-hmm. You know, when when the Prophet Sallam sent the Sahaba um, to to East Africa, he mentioned there is a righteous king there. You know, a just king there, mm-hmm. and um, so the Prophet Sallam recognized the the, the 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 justice that they would receive. And so in the UK today, yes, there there, there are certain you know institutions, perhaps individuals that don't like Islam. You know, might be trying to to prevent people from practicing, or but at the same time, generally speaking, you know, um, English people are very accepting of Muslims. You know, um, they're embracing Islam. You know, mm-hmm. the British government, you know, affords um, rights whether English, um, you know, uh, migrant. Um, you know, if we if we say to all British citizens, you know, Muslims can come here and they are given the opportunity to kind of you know. Um, work and so you have to recognize um, ihsan when when ihsan is is given to you, and I think it's very important because sometimes it's very easy to take a a more kind of um, critical uh, approach, yeah. and especially when we talk about Islam and 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 uh, non-Muslims. But we also have to recognize that our role here is to to bring Islam to everyone, including those that don't want Islam. Mm. You know, rahmatan lil alamin. The Prophet sallam, he was calling. Uh, Khalid ibn al-Walid to Islam, you know, um, Abu Sufyan to Islam, you know, Hind to Islam, mm-hmm. he didn't turn them away due to the, the aggression they showed towards Islam and the Muslims when they were ready to accept Islam. Mm-hmm. And um, perhaps it requires uh, a level of maturity to look at those who, who have a level of um, animosity for Islam and the Muslims and to be able to say to yourself, I want that person to become Muslim. You know, I, I hope that that person finds Islam because their hatred for Islam comes from a place of, of jahiliyyah, ignorance. Mm-hmm. And Islam came to rid mankind of, of its ignorance. <clears throat> As the Prophet ﷺ said, I'm like the person trying to prevent the moths from going into the fire. Yes, the right. moth is naturally attracted to the fire. Mm-hmm. And so those who take over after the Prophet ﷺ, you know, calling people to Islam, they have to recognize these people, their, their animosity, their enmity, you know, their ill feelings, it comes from ignorance. And so I have to recognize that ignorance and be mature enough to um, to not tolerate it, but but to rise above it in order to bring them what they, they need, which is Islam. Mm-hmm. And of course, some of the Prophet's bitterest enemies ultimately did become his companions. So yeah. I, I suppose the moral for that for me is not, not, not to ever ultimately give up even to people who are now the sworn enemies of Islam. Uh, there are such people. Because you never know, by the God's grace and people's lives are in the hands of God, that He may turn them around and they may become staunch allies. Um, it's, it's and, and, uh, on that point, my apologies for interrupting, but on that point you mentioned earlier, you know, the um, the uh, where perhaps you know the um, institutions that don't want Islam to kind of reach the masses are are, mm. are worried and and looking at what's happening and you know, the I'm plan sure is not are. going. Yeah, but then it's very interesting because you know certain individuals and maybe you know components of of the far right are actually now starting to show you know that they're sympathetic towards Islam. You know, for example, someone I never thought I would hear actually (laughs) praising Islam, but you know Alex Jones saying you know I would prefer Islam to to you know the liberal left. You know, so it's 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 very interesting. You know where society is going. And um, the Prophet ﷺ, he said, you know, hate who you hate in, in moderation and, and, and love who you love in moderation because the one you love today, you may end up hating him tomorrow and the one you hate today, you may end up loving him tomorrow. Mm-hmm. 
and so it's 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 that balance and and recognizing that uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in control and and we're we're simply you know uh, mediums of of bringing guidance to mankind yeah. um uh regardless who's standing in front of us Exactly. And you, I mean, you just touched briefly on that, the political thing. Islam isn't of the left or of the right, but it, nevertheless, yeah. it, it does connect with uh, aspects which are called right by mm. convention mm. in the West at the moment. They're not like metaphysically, yeah. they're just. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and on the left, so the right would be, in that sense, uh, traditional roles for men and women, um, a rejection of most, if not all, of the LGBT agenda. Um, yeah. And on the left, it would be a concern for. I would argue, uh, social justice, um, for the concern for the poor, the widow, the oppressed, uh, and a concern for seeing right done and against oppressive rulership. You know, these are kind of mm. universal commas, left-wing themes, although yeah. they're not left in some metaphysical sense. They're just, that's how the language is used at the moment. So there, there is this collect, connection to, uh, across the political spectrum, uh, I, I, I would argue. Yeah, one hundred percent. And 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 you see. So, for example, there's um, a. Uh, I've seen individuals that that they are inclined towards the left, and they've been attracted to Islam by, um, as you mentioned, you know, the the kind of like um, the social justice aspects of Islam. Um, and I've seen those that that perhaps would be called inclined towards the right, and that's what attracts them to Islam: the conservative um, nature, the mm. the clear cut, you know, um, le- uh, man, woman, you know, roles, things like that. And um, and it's very important. And sometimes it's very difficult for us to to stay in the middle. It's it's it is very yeah. difficult to stay in the middle and, sometimes. And our politicians as well, who seem to be overwhelmingly from the left, or even those who, uh, well, overwhelming in the left, who m- might endorse the social justice aspect of Islam. But when it comes to these other things, just ignore it. And so yeah. you know, we have certain leaders in Scotland mentioning no names, um, who, who seem to completely bought the. Uh, the woke agenda and all that goes with it um, mm-hmm. as, as Muslims. Uh, and, and that is fairly typical. Like we have a Lord Mayor in London, who's pretty much the same and, and other places, mayorships throughout the UK. And uh, they, they don't, they, 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 there seems to be an alliance between, is in their view, between being Muslim and the left, political left. Um, and I rarely have ever seen it with the right. And there may be other reasons why on the right it's not possible, maybe mm-hmm. at the moment. But nevertheless, it's overwhelmingly left wing in the terms of the political marriage of convenience between um, their perception of what the Muslims' interests are and yeah. the people left in the UK. And I think that is long overdue for a rehaul. And and I think it's it's taking place in um, popular culture. So you know, you mentioned you know Andrew Tate and 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 um, you know uh, I guess other individuals like him. They are coming from from what would be called right now the right. And um, you know you, you, you're finding that a lot of young, you know, men and women they are inclining towards the right due to, you know, what they're seeing in the political field, you know, the the, the agendas and and not uh, it's not necessarily the 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 political direction, but more the suppression of opinion that goes mm. against, um, you know, and that mm. naturally in any society, if you suppress the opinions of 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 a young, um, you know generation i guess and 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 under culture is going to develop and and they're gonna you know they're gonna start to express that that the, their opinions in in other ways they're gonna find you know mm. um uh other groups etc and so it's 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 perhaps more related to, to that um than you know being left or, or being right and yeah. and i mean those that were yesterday considered left wing are today considered right wing you know individuals like yeah, pierce 
Yeah, well, yes, and some feminists now find themselves very much against um, the trans ideology, and they're they're labelled as kind of reactionary. But uh, you know, these are the standard yeah. bearers of the left wing political feminist ideology, ironically. Yeah. And and I think there's also another um, area that is uh, bringing uh, you know people to Islam, which is the spirituality. Yeah. The, because um, you know the the political field is stripped of any spirituality, yeah. um, but um, you know this, I, I find that a lot of people are interested in the spiritual side of Islam. You know, mm. the um, they want to read um, the spiritual works of Islam, and um, they're looking for the more kind of metaphysical um, mm. aspects of of Islam than they are the um, as as mentioned previously, the theological or the political, perhaps. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by theological, I, I meant spiritual as well. I was kind of in, okay. in, yeah. encompassing that. I, I saw it is. I discovered Islam was had many um, spiritual and theological similarities with Christianity, although there were differences as well. But overwhelmingly, there are similarities. Uh, there are differences, obviously, on the Trinity and um, incarnation and Jesus mainly. But um, yeah. other than that, there are an awful lot of similarities which get overlooked in the polemical arguments between the two religions. Mm. Uh, the same goes with uh, Orthodox Judaism, very similar mm. to Islam in many ways, although there are real differences about, again, the person of Jesus, who, who they reject. Mm. Of course. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's like an iceberg, you know, under the water. There's a, a huge amount that we just don't see that is there, but we, we focus on the bit that's visible over the top. And um, Anyway, I'm not saying all religions are the same. I'm just saying that no, there of course, is yeah, of more in common than many people might think, despite yeah. real real differences which matter though yeah um well perhaps we can draw to a, a conclusion i mean is anyone wanted just to say in conclusion about this um i mean i might even ask but you know is this is this spike in in converts is it a is it a blip is it a flash in the pan um mm. are, are we going to return to business as usual in a year's time um or are we looking at a a uh, you know something more plate tectonic or you know something where something fundamental has changed on the ground and we're mm. looking at a trajectory that will go solidly into the future do you get a sense of what might happen so um i think that um you know allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of course is in control of of um you know <clears throat> Umma islam but from the uh, from the qualities of of islam or the history of islam and the, yeah. the direction that islam takes is that allah uses the men and women of islam um, to 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 aid it, you know, um, to 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 bring it forward, etc. And so I think the future, the direction, you know, whether or not this is a blip or it's a continual kind of um, mm. uptake that we see, I think it might be dependent upon the role that that um, the leaders of Islam take. When I say leaders, I mean community leaders. You know, um, those that are active in the in the communities, masajid. If we develop the culture of bringing Islam to um, the masses, then I think that's that's what's going to happen. But if mm. we go back to you know being insular and you know only concerned with our own kind of um, issues, internal issues, you know, um, then perhaps it might be a blip. And so you know, I really think it's important that that imams, masajid, you know, um, institutions of da'wah, institutions mm. of learning, we really do kind of try to develop that culture of of bringing Islam out to the masses through action. Um, you know, an application in our own personal lives. Um, the Sahaba, they 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 had to drive their way through various regions to bring Islam to the people on the ground. Mm-hmm. You know, and and they had to face the institutions 
that were trying to prevent them from 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 delivering that message to the people on the ground. You know, alhamdulillah, here in the UK, in Europe, in the world now, generally, we don't we don't have to drive anywhere. You know, we don't have to force our way into um, into you know people's you know uh, uh, lands regions. We are here amongst the masses. You know, we are here amongst the masses, and and the masses have our we have their ears. You know, through our actions, there's a famous uh, uh, line of poetry that uh, you know Al Mutanabbi. He said, "I am the one who the deaf can hear and the blind can see." You know, and and I think that's what we need to become. We need to become the the community that can be seen by the blind and heard by the deaf. We we stand out with them. Um, you know, with our our akhlaq, and that leads people to asking. You know, what is Islam? You know, and 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 that brotherhood, that unity. Because people are, are now isolated, people are, you know, cut off, and so we have an opportunity to to bring Islam to the people at a time where the people most need it. Mm, absolutely, that's, that's what very well said. Well, thank you very much, uh, Imam Ashraf from um, Lewisham Mosque, uh, which is in South London. I'm in North London, but in the same capital. Um, thank you very much for your um, your time and your insights. Um, very interesting indeed, and. Uh, uh, it's a, it's a, a subject that won't go away, and I'm very interested in the future as well. So, thank you very much for your time. Appreciate it. Arakalafikum for having me. Until next time. Goodbye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.